He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you. Aren't you happy you woke up in the hill country? Man, I'm telling you, I am happy I woke up in the hill country of Texas. I mean, you could have woken up in uh, Los Angeles or Nueva York. When I lived in uh, South America for three years, the Colombians uh, lived in Colombia for three years, and the Colombians... uh, well, first of all, Miami was Miami, Miami, and uh, New York was uh, Nueva Jork, Nueva Jork, and uh, I just always uh, loved that uh, those uh, different pronunciations, and so I kind of fall into them by accident every now and then. But you were you were woke up in the hill country of Texas. God bless Texas, and God bless America. And, uh, yeah, a little sprinkly out there today, but um, this is good. I mean, I know we've seen some uh, years in the past where uh, at this time in the year it's already getting hot and nasty. So, anyway, if I forget to say it, be nice to the tourists. For crying out loud, be nice to the tourists and because uh, they keep us all living here and uh, just, you know, find the ways to get around Main Street There is a secret way from the west end of town to the east end of town or vice versa in Fredericksburg. Now, I believe it's about seven or eight miles long, um, but it will save you those uh, five blocks down Main Street, the insanity of five blocks down Main Street. And if you're new to town and want to know what that uh, secret route is, I'll I'll be glad to sell it to you. So... uh, Get in touch with me, and I'll let you know that uh, secret uh, back route to avoid Main Street. Uh, I've got lots of things on your calendar. We have a great program lined up for today. Can't wait to visit with Justin Berry. He's in the studio. He's also going to be at the candidate forum tonight. This is very, very important, folks, these candidate forums. We bring these to you, different groups bring them to you, and this is your opportunity to get to go, get to visit with and meet and ask questions of these candidates that you're voting for. And uh, so tonight at St. Joseph's Hall in Fredericksburg at 6 o'clock, the uh, House District 19 candidate forum is going to be held. Now, if you don't know whether you're in House District 19 or 73 or whatever you think you're in, the simplest way to think about it at this point in time since all the districts have been redrawn is that if you um if kyle biederman has been your representative the last six years then this is the district and even though it was under another number with kyle biederman it is now mostly house district 19 and so there is a runoff between justin berry and ellen troxclair and uh, if you don't know that, if you don't know those names, then you have not left your house in the last four weeks because those signs are everywhere. And uh, so here's your opportunity to come out and, and speak to these folks tonight. I always, re- I always tell candidates for these kind of forums, arrive early and stay late. And, uh, and because this is the time, the opportunity when you can actually 
you know, shake the hands, uh, what, what's the saying, shake the babies and kiss hands, something like that. But uh, so hopefully these candidates will show up early and stay late and give you an opportunity to visit with them in person. This is being brought to you by the uh, uh, Young Republicans, a newly formed organization in Fredericksburg, Gillespie County, Young Republicans. Uh, Heath has been doing a great job from what I hear, um, and uh, young fella, and so... Folks, yes, there are young Republicans. I know it sounds like a myth, you know, but uh, uh, it's uh, there are more young Republicans than there are Sasquatches. Um, quite a few more. So they actually exist. Um, so anyway, tonight, St. Joseph's Hall, 6 o'clock. Very, very, very important for you if you live in House District 19. Tomorrow, depending on what part of the state you are in, you know, I've been listening to Harley for the last 45 minutes or an hour and uh, he was talking about everything that's going on this weekend in Kerrville, all within blocks of each other. So I hope you were listening to him on that. Uh, but what we've got uh, on my program, we've got, um, let's see, uh, Mason County Library. If you're up in the north end of our listening district here, um, head up to uh, Mason County Library tomorrow at 2 o'clock and listen to Mark Meckler on the Convention of States um, in fact, if you are don't like the Convention of States idea, I encourage you to go and ask Mr. Meckler your questions. You know, don't go up there and with you know be nasty to him, but go up there and, and ask him questions. See if you can uh, see if you can change his mind. Um, but that's at two o'clock tomorrow. Mark Meckler, Convention of States, Mason County Library. Great opportunity to meet Mr. Meckler. Also tomorrow, if you're in the Kerrville area, along with all the activities Harley was talking about at 2 o'clock, are going to be quite a few um, uh, uh, candidates uh, that are going to be at the Acapulco Mexican restaurant. Uh, uh, Raul Reyes is kind of the headliner. I believe I heard a rumor, and it could be a rumor, don't get mad at me, that uh, Alan West is uh, going to be there. Um, I do know that other candidates, uh, local area candidates, are uh, planning on being there. I think last time I talked to uh, Miss Hannah, um, I think she's going to be there. Uh, there's no telling who's going to show up. And so this is a really good opportunity to meet some of these candidates. I, I can't tell you how important it is to us to get Raul Reyes into our Senate district. <clears throat> the um, reports I heard Tuesday night, of course, I was up in Hood County uh, visiting with the Hood County Republican Club. And so I was unable to go to the uh, Raul Reyes uh, and uh, Mr. Flores um, uh, uh, forum in uh, Fredericksburg, but I've gotten several firsthand reports. And uh, I guess uh, the general consensus was that uh, Raul Reyes was excited and, uh, and, and had lots of ideas and was really uh, keeping the crowd alive. And apparently I also heard from several people that uh, Mr. Flores was uh, pretty much asleep at the wheel. And, um, and uh, that's really, that's, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I wasn't there. Um, I do know that we tried to get a hold of Mr. Flores for a long time. And he would never, he never replied to my emails or anything. So we tried to get him on the air and it just never happened. Um, so anyway, here's um, Saturday at 4.30. Go meet Raul Reyes and probably Alan West and a few more local uh, candidates. Also Saturday, further south in the south end of our our uh, area is uh, listening area is going to be the Combat Veterans and Gold Star Families 
fundraiser that is uh, Headwaters for Heroes. You've been hearing a lot about that for the last week, week and a half. It's going to be at uh, in Harper at the Headwaters Saloon. Um, I'm actually going out there this afternoon to uh, uh, be a part of someone else's podcast. I'm uh, looking, uh, kind of looking forward to that. Uh, I hear there's some guy named uh, Fat Gandalf that's going to be there. And so I'm looking forward to meeting Fat Gandalf. Um, in it, only if you've uh, uh, seen the movie Deadpool, do you know who Fat Gandalf is? So anyway, um, I'm going to be on a, a podcast with Fat Gandalf this morning, um, but I'm not, or this afternoon. But I'm not going to call him that. So um, so hopefully uh, he's not listening right now. Um, but that's uh, Saturday all day uh, at Harper at the Headwaters Saloon in Harper. They got all kinds of fun things going on. Um, Sunday. Now, this is a real important one. And after the break, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this subject. Um, but uh, to, uh, Sunday at one at three o'clock, a school library book challenge training. So if you want to get engaged in this uh, school library book challenge, um, you need to go to this training. I'm pretty sure Brandon Airy is putting that on. I'm not sure who else is going to be there. It's at Faith Christian Church. That's 1205 Sydney Baker in Kerrville, and that's going to be at 3 o'clock. This is one of those activities that you don't need to go anywhere. You can help from the comfort of your home. So if you can't walk very far, if you're mobi- mobility challenged or whatever reason, you got the Kung Flu and you can't leave your house, then you there are things you can do from your home to help with this book challenge in the library. And folks, it's getting tougher and tougher. We're nowhere close to winning this fight yet. Thursday, the 5th, wine for the win, and uh, that's going to be very exciting. I'll bring you a whole lot more details on that. We've had two interviews on the air uh, recently about that wine for the win, the fundraiser for Mercygate Ministries. Um, So uh, there you go, a little bit of Ben Franklin. Um, I don't know, maybe just to throw you off, maybe give you a German one and then just not tell you what it means. Um, let's see. Here we go. Tugend bestecht, wenn alles vergeht. Tugend bestecht, wenn alles vergeht. I know uh, the last half of that means when everything is forgotten. I don't know what the first part means. So, uh, y'all stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. And um, there you go. All right, folks, we're back. Uncle Ted bringing us into the second quarter. You know, it's Friday when Uncle Ted is on the air. Going to look to see if his shadow is on the... Nope, he's not at the door. When are you going to work that out, Bob? I've been trying. You've been trying? I'm, I, listen, folks, we got to get Ted in here. You, you want to see me speechless? Well, I guess you can't see me speechless. You could hear me speechless. But if uh, Ted's going to walk in that door one of these days, um, I'm, I, I'll bet he, he says, surely, surely he's going to. And he says, don't call me surely. The um, Texas Library Association met this past week in Fort Worth. Folks, if you think our fight is over, and, and listen, I had at least two people and maybe even more after we had gone to two school board meetings and a reading panel had been set up to 
to uh, uh, take a look at different books. Uh, committee had been set up, and they said, well, we got that one beat. Uh, what's next? Folks, we're nowhere near fighting, nowhere near done fighting this material that's coming into our middle school, high school libraries. Um, and it's not just pornography. It is CRT. It is every. It is SEL. All of these things that are critical race theory are in our libraries. They're coming in there. They're staying in there. And you've got your librarians from a clear across the state who just can't wait to 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 fight you on every one of these books. In fact. The TLA, the Texas Library Association's annual conference, um, is um, what is one of the largest in the country. And I'm getting my information right now from Texas Scorecard. Uh, this article written by Jacob Asmussen, and I know Jacob, and I know his mom and dad too. So if there's anything not true in here, you know, we we know who to go after. But um, He's got a great article in there called Texas Library Association, Drag Queens and Sexually Explicit Books for Kids. And so the annual conference uh, was this week was uh, hosted a variety of eyebrow-raising activities, which featured speakers such as Dr. Ibram X. Kendi. And if you don't know that name, he is the, you, you need to know that name, Kendi. He is really the biggest pusher of this critical race theory um, ideology and is really at the top of that heap right now. And so that's who the Texas Library Association invited, not the California Library Association, not the Oregon Library Association, the Texas Library Association. They even had a drag queen story hours uh, story hour. They also had an after hours keynote speaker. And listen, this uh, this 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 is scary. Um, th this is uh, who th these people that spoke um, at the uh, Texas Library Association. And I'm looking at uh, this was a, a screenshot or a a, a, a tweet from Cynthia Ramos, and uh, she's a librarian somewhere, and uh, from the convention center, and right there it is at the podium, keynote, uh, head speaker right there is the craziest-looking drag queen. Um, <clears throat> yeah, in fact, part of the lesson, <clears throat> part of the lessons were um, how to uh, fight, uh, how to fight parents, who are trying to get these books out, uh, keeping, uh, um, promoting LGBT sexual behaviors, and uh, keeping controversial pornographic materials on kids' school bookshelves. And so this is, um, this is what your taxpayer money, by the way, you might want to ask the local school, might want to put a little public information request. It would be real easy. Go into the superintendent's office. It doesn't take long. It doesn't cost you anything. Go in and ask and, and just fill out the form and ask, um, did the Kerrville schools, did the Fredericksburg schools, did Harper schools, whatever school district you're in, did they send someone, did they pay for someone to go to this uh, convention during the week, how much did they spend on it? And did they send somebody and pay for it? Because this is your taxpayer dollars 
going to sending your school librarian to uh, go to Drag Queen uh, Story Hours and hear from, uh, have, a, have a workshop on how to fight parents who are wanting to get Porn and Bear Africa books out of the schools. Uh, in this article, once again, is mentioned our very own local Tara Petch. And uh, thank you, Tara. They used, um, not sure if they interviewed you again or used uh, some of your, it looks like they used some of your uh, material that was in a previous article. And Tara says, we've never asked for book banning. We've, ne we've never asked for book burning. We've asked for book boundaries, age-appropriate books in our children's libraries. Listen, we've been doing this in the movies for a long time. We have age-appropriate movies. We do, right? G, PG, PG-13, uh, R, X. We do, is, is this a violation of the First Amendment rights of a young person to not allow them into an X-rated movie? I don't know. Try making that argument. Um, and so this, uh, th this, this is going on. It's still going on. They're going to be pushing back harder and more and again if you listen to yesterday's program and i want to recommend that you um find the red pilled america podcasts i spoke about yesterday um, because it will lay out in a five-part series that they did on iHeartRadio, where they tell you this history what where did we come from how did this material get into our schools this is not something that started a year ago we are about a hundred years behind in this fight. The enemy has been moving up a little baby step at a time, one little baby step at a time, and 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 our and we'll say, well, let's not fight them on that. It's just a little thing, and we'll make a big fuss, and and then they're going to get their way anyway, and then we'll all look like fools. And so we give them all these little baby steps, and then we turn around a hundred years later and say, how did we get here, folks? We got here because we gave into it and have been giving into it because we don't want to fight. We don't want to stand up. We don't want to be the parent, the one parent, like it took Tara to get this whole ball of wax rolling. It took one parent. She put her neck out on the line. She stuck her head up and then asked for people to follow her. She did not wait until a bunch of people were doing it and then jump in. She was the leader, and she was punished for it by being doxxed in the local paper. These are the kind of things that are going to happen. But listen, like I said, it's only your children. I mean, what do you have to worry about? It's just your kids. Goodness, you can always have more. If these are turn out no good, shoot, just have a couple more, right? <clears throat> Folks, these are our children. It's the future. It's your grandchildren. And if we don't start moving to get these materials out of the books now, out of the libraries and out of our schools now, then I don't know when. Um, the whole critical race theory is still is still there and is going to be huge. It's massive. In fact, I was looking at a book that is under review in Fredericksburg right now <clears throat> that was all critical race theory. And I was trying to write an argument against it. And I got so mad because it was so stupid that I had to argue against someone who, try using logic against someone who refuses to use logic. Logic and reason are gone. I have said that to quite a few people in the last couple of years, and they look at me as if I have two heads, and then they'll send me an article or call me, and they will use logic and reason 
And I'm telling you, good luck with that. The left doesn't pay any attention to that anymore. So, folks, we're going to take a short break. It's about the bottom of the hour. And when we get back, we're going to have Justin Berry on the air with us. And in the fourth quarter, we're going to talk about baby steps versus being bold. And uh, where does the Bible stand on that? Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back and uh, have in the studio with me Mr. Justin Berry, a candidate for House District 19. This is a runoff race. It started with uh, Justin Berry, Nubia Divine, and Ellen Troxclair. Nobody got 50%, and so we're now down to Justin Berry versus Ellen Troxclair. And uh, that election is going to take place on May 24th. May 24th. All right. May 24th is that date. There will be early voting. Um, You know, uh, most of us in the Fredericksburg Tea Party are not fans of early voting unless you have to. So election day is May 24th. Uh, Mr. Barry, the the Fredericksburg Tea Party um, has been active up at the Capitol for the last uh, eight, uh, four sessions. Um, the four sessions ago, we were kind of walking around the halls, looking around, wondering, you know, where are the bathrooms and where are the elevators? We've come a long way since then. And so we're going to be back up at the Capitol this next session, starting in January. And one of our biggest frustrations with Republicans up at the Capitol is the priorities of the Republican Party. So uh, give us a little idea of how you look at the priorities of the Republican Party and what does the uh, the Republican Party platform tell us what you think of that you do have an R by your name I do have an R by name my name yes so go ahead talk to us about the priorities of the platform and how a representative with an R by your name R by your name should uh, how you should handle these things in the next session yeah definitely I think a lot of it really is a lot of listening listening to what your constituents want and you know, I think that's where a lot of people, you know, kind of get away from that. They make some issues more about themselves and what they personally want to achieve rather than what their communities want to achieve. You know, this is a five county uh, district. And that is one thing that I've learned is there are very vast differences between every county. What, what Gillespie County wants may be different than what Kendall County wants and what's different than Burnett County and Western Travis County and Blanco County. So one thing that, that there are some commonalities with is with some of the party platform issues. Now there are some issues in there that, you know, I look at and I have questions with, but some of the top ones, you know, dealing with election integrity, dealing with, um, you know, constitutional carry, a lot of these stuff we've already been working on the past sessions. Now, some of it, now we're entering the ground of preserving it, you know, with the uh, uh, abortions and abolishing abortion, we made huge grounds last session and it was just backed up by the courts recently. So now we enter some of the states of the fight becomes more of preserving the ground gain rather than giving it up. And so I think that's where going into it is where we really got to do a good job of holding the ground we've gained, keep working on some other issues that still need some work, you know, and I think that's where the next fight's going to take us. Okay. Let's uh, talk about some of the priorities in the last session. And you mentioned one of them, and that is the constitutional carry, 
which uh, many people, uh, I still refuse to call it constitutional carry. I call it permitless carry. Um, and uh, so, uh, but uh, that one is probably going to come off the list. Right now we have nine priorities for the last session. I'm willing to bet most of them will stay. So let's just kind of work our way through a couple of these. Election integrity, um, what does that mean when we say election integrity to you? Oh, to me. So I ran last time in the 2020 cycle, and we actually advanced from that primary by one single vote. We lived it. We were the candidate that every vote counts. We lived it. Get closer to the mic. There oh, you go. Sorry about that. <laughs> Amateur right. hour over here. That's all uh, right. For, and so we, we literally won that race by one vote. So to me, election integrity is a very important stuff. A lot of our small local level elections are won and lost by just a handful of votes. So if mm-hmm. you get one fraudulent vote in there, uh, that can that can change the entire game, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's very important that we have that. One thing that we've been pushing for, and I've talked to you know a lot of the AG's office and other AG candidates about it, is let's utilize our AG police officers that we have because they have their own police division, and let's have them at central count during early vote and during uh, uh, during election day. Have them present so that mm-hmm. way, because one of the big issues we found in twenty is all of our poll watchers weren't being allowed in to to keep eyes on and monitor what's going on. And so they had to go through the whole court process and it took forever to, before we could get them in there. But by having the law enforcement official there, they get to be kind of the neutral party that says, no, we need a lot of these people in here. It's by law, they're allowed to be in here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, also deter any type of behavior that may be taken on that may be compromising our elections. Okay. So that, that's something that, that I've, I've been very vocal about pushing forward. Okay. Um, religious freedom. I'm sure that that's got to be an easy call. Any, any thoughts on, uh, religious freedom? Well, that's a no brainer. I mean, it's one of our founding principles of this nation. So it's, it's a no brainer. All right, let's get into one. And I believe that, um, this, uh, this priority from the last session was, uh, just not dealt with. Uh, there were several attempts at it. The, uh, the uh, alphabet mafia, the LGBTQ, showed up in full strength and scared the just scared everybody. Is what it comes down to. But children and gender modification. First of all, let me ask you: Do you think it's possible for a boy born with XY chromosomes to turn into a girl with XX chromosomes um, with a, a series of surgeries and uh, chemotherapy. Not at all. I mean, you're, you're, you have DNA markers, first and foremost, that you can't change. I mean, you if you want to identify and you want to, you know, identify as a rabbit one day and, you know, the next day, I mean, who knows what I thought I was when I was five years old, right? Right. And it, it's, to me, what's taking place right now with our children. And so I think that's why you see a lot of high suicide rates amongst those that went through that um in the transgender you know arena it's there's regret it's buyer's remorse right mm-hmm. you don't get to undo some of those things that are permanently done and you know children go through a lot of different stages and changes they have a lot of hormones going on through their bodies right now this whole concept of being able to say well i'm this and i'm that you know you talk to parents right now that are in schools and like yeah my friends uh, my kids friends said that they wanted to be this this day the next day they're that mm-hmm. think about that their, their minds are always changing. They're being indoctrinated with all this nonsense taking place. And it's creating all this confusion and anxiety. You know, I, I think that's a big problem. I mean, boys are boys and girls are girls, and that's period. You know, as an adult, you want to identify to something different. You know what? We live in a free country. If that's what you choose to do, so be it. But I, I, I don't believe in that. And pushing it on our kids that are such an impressionable age is, is idiotic. So would you absolutely uh, stand for, not just vote for, but be vocally about 
um, uh, about the um, chemical or uh, surgical um, modification of minors? Would, is that something that you would be willing to actually fight for rather than just vote for? Yeah, you know, quite frankly, I believe it's child abuse personally. You mm-hmm. know, what you doing a harm to a child like that, doing harm, physical harm to them, the, the mental harm that is done to them, it's abusive. And it's, it's not the arena for that. You get some woke parent on the left that thinks that, oh, well, I, I, I wish I had a girl, but I had a boy, so I'm going to turn them into a girl. That's, mm. the, that's, that's a parent abusing their child. Uh, it's, that's a parent putting that pressure on a child. You know, I, when I was a kid, I was, I was pretending to be Mario Brothers, right? Running around and playing Mario Brothers with my friends. It's, you know, kids are very impressionable. They look to adults because kids are conditioned to believe that uh, the adults know all and, and will protect them. Mm. And so when you have adults putting their own personal agenda on to these impressionable youth, that's why you see a lot of the problems we're having right now. It, it really falls upon the adults are the problem, and the kids need to let just let kids be kids. Yeah, isn't that the truth? So when you played Mario Brothers as a kid, did your parents buy you a bunch of barrels to jump from? Uh, from one barrel to the next, didn't he? Wasn't that one of his Mario Brothers? They were like jumping on rolling barrels or something. Don- that, is that Donkey Kong? Donkey the very Kong, first maybe. Kind of version yeah. of it. Yeah. No, we were we were more the, the Nintendo NES generation. So I, we were more Mario and Luigi and, and okay, you no know, jumping over pretend turtle shells. Okay. Yeah. See, I can talk all day about Pong because we we had one of the first Pong machines on my block. Uh, when I was growing up, and uh, it was wired. It had a wire that went to the TV. So anyway, I still have a Pong. You I still have I a still, Pong? My uncle gave me his. I still have it. We've got the one that's got the gun with it that you can shoot at the TV with it. Ah, okay. <laughs> Sounds fun. Let's get on. Let's keep on going to priorities now because this is what's important to us. Well, the next on the list is abolition of abortion. I think that will probably um, that may stay on there, um, but we're, I think uh, the results we had in the last session were really good. Constitutional carry, we've already talked about that. Monument protection, you know, that's kind of gone out of the uh, big picture these days. Um, but talk to us about monument protection and the uh, preserving the Alamo and uh, some of the monuments uh, that, are, that have been removed around the state of Texas. We've got to protect our history. You know, they, they always say, if you don't learn from your past, you're doomed to repeat it. And I think it's a very important part of how we got to where we got to, not only as a nation, but as a state. And it's important to have those memorials and those monuments there to learn from our successes, learn from our failures, um, and to keep encouraging us to move forward. You know, they're great conversation starters of, of making sure that our citizens know where we came from, know mm-hmm. the the battles and the sacrifices that were fought. You know, the left seems to have a this whole thing where they want to rewrite history. Well, because when you go back and look at history, it was the left that was behind so many of these policies that caused all these problems. Well, of course they want to take them down. They want to hide their past. They want to hide, um, you know, what they were a part of and some of the horrors that happened to people, you know, from slavery to you know, countless other things that they've done, of course they want to knock them down. Mm. So um, that's, I think that one's also a no-brainer. In fact, so many of these are no-brainers. We wonder why in the world our Republicans uh, didn't deal with them. You know, they didn't take them up. And and uh, 
Are you, uh, let me just mention uh, the Republican caucus uh, at the House. Of course, every Republican is in the Republican caucus. That's kind of a given. But then there are other caucuses in the House. The left has them and the right has them. We have the Freedom Caucus in the House, which has um, in the uh, in our regular newspapers and TVs and our liberal media, they give them a really hard time and they badmouth them a lot. Even the Speaker of the House badmouths the Freedom Caucus. Um, would you consider, would you apply, would you be open to an invitation to join the Freedom Caucus? You know, I think that's where we start fracturing and splitting as a party a lot when you start going into different caucuses and things like that. And I always think that makes us weaker. I'm definitely on board with working and talking with, you know, hopefully my fellow Republican colleagues that are in the Freedom Caucus. You know, I, I quite frankly want to be a kind of legislator that really focuses on our issues and working together to find solutions to problems. I'm a big believer in what I call solutions-based uh, governance. And so for me, that is something that I'm focused on. And, and you know, I hope that the voters and constituents of our counties want that kind of representative someone that's really focused on their interests rather than maybe other other people's interests so that that's where my focus is at so we've got the speaker of the house dade feeling probably going to be the next speaker we don't know that election takes on january 10th um there is um and uh one of the complaints we've had as grassroots workers on the ground we're up there going into Republicans' offices, and every now and then we go into Democrats' office, but going into Republicans' offices and just reminding them about the platform and the priorities. In Dade Phelan's office, they they don't, the priorities in the platform of the Republican Party don't mean anything uh, to these guys, and they've been real open about it. Um, are you, are, is your, are you going to be an automatic vote for Dade Phelan? Um, if there's someone else along, are you willing to put your name on as a minority and vote against him? I mean, going off what you just said, we just came off of one of the most conservative sessions we've had, you know, some of the issues we just talked to the planks, we just talked to constitutional carry, uh, monument protection, um, election integrity, um, um, abortion, abolishing abortion. Those are all things that under his leadership, we actually got achieved this this past session. So, of course, I'm going to uh, I would vote for uh, Speaker Phelan again. Um, you know, just because of what some views may be out there, look at the actions that were done. What was the outcome that took place? So the outcome yeah. that took place literally modifies or, or embodies the conversation we just had. And so, yeah, of course, I would vote for him again. Okay, um, let's keep going. We've got a couple more here on the priorities, which is important to us as grassroots workers. School choice. So uh, right now, um, a student uh, goes to school where the zip code tells them to go to school. Is that uh, is that a system you want to stick with, or do, are you interested in uh, any other options other than going to the school that uh, the zip code you live in? So on school choice, that's one thing that I think there's been a big, big round of misinformation put out against me uh, by my opponent, by Ms. Troxclair. And I think that's where I'm glad to have this opportunity where we can talk about this. So I truly believe that parents got to have a voice and a say on the education of their kids. I mean, you've seen failures of our school system right now. Our schools, by by what I believe in should be focusing on traditional academic learning models, expanding trades programs, things that set our kids up for success in life. 
And sometimes, and there are some school districts out there where that's not going on. We have some problems in some school districts out there where they need other options. They need to be able to, to have the access to the charter schools and the private schools. I understand that. I'm looking at to be our representative for House District 19. And I'll, here in House District 19, we have a lot of small rural towns. The closest charter school around here, I think, is in Bernie. They have two in Bernie and I think one out in Austin. Those are your closest ones to go to. So for me, I choose the harder battle is how do we how do we get the radical indoctrination? How do we get CRT? How do we get all these like transgenders speaking at library days? How do we get all that out of the class and get refocused back on the traditional academic model? Because like I said, out here there's not much else out there. If you're going, if you live in Harper, where are you going? Where else are you going to go? And so you know, I, I think that we need to make sure that we can have ways that our schools are set up for success. We get back to that. So I, I'm not one, I'm not a big believer. Let's just burn it down because out here in our district, we don't have room for that. What we have to do is we need people that are willing to do the hard work, which is fight back. And that's what I'm committed to doing. Uh, but to answer your question about going to the schools of your zip code, you know, I, I think again, out here in the rural communities, you don't really have a lot of options anyways. You kind of have what you have. And so we need to make sure that what we have out here is setting our kids up for success. So um, there has been an idea out there for a long time, and I imagine there's going to be people pushing it again. Um, so just use the example of homeschoolers or people who want to send their kids to a private school. So a lot of homeschoolers around here, I know them very well. Um, they still pay taxes into the local school district. Um, and kids that go to private schools, and we've got three small private schools Correct. in Fredericksburg, they still pay their taxes. Uh, their school, uh, M&O, and uh, what's the other one, S&N, M&O and S&N, I believe is what they're called, uh, they still play those, pay those taxes, even though they're not benefiting any from those schools. There's this idea that that money should follow the student, and so if the student, rather than that tax-paying money going to the school district, if you homeschool, then that family gets to keep that money and use it specifically and only for uh, homeschool education. And they've come up with a lot of systems uh, to, to do that. Where do you stand on that idea of the money following the student? Yeah, you know, I think I, it's a policy plan that I think needs to be explored and looked at deeper because at the end of the day, one of the biggest complaints I hear from everybody is my tax bill is too high. Mm -hmm. I'm paying too much of my taxes. When you look at it, it's your school taxes where the most of it is at. And so one of the things that, that I stay focused on is, well, how do we do things that aren't going to raise people's taxes up? So if we go to a voucher system, and again, we haven't looked at this yet, but if we go to a voucher system, well, you still got it. The, the public schools still have to be funded. And so you still got to keep the lights on. So you still got to pay that bill, but now I got to find other monies to go and send over here too. So by consequence, would we accidentally end up raising taxes? And so that's an area where, I don't want to jump off into a commitment on that issue when I think, quite frankly, we need to explore that policy a little further and understand, would we end up raising people's taxes if we did something like that? So for me right now, I'm still on the fence on the issue. I, I, I'm not completely in favor of it right now because I don't fully understand what's the ripple effect on people's you know, tax burden. Um, I Again, I'd rather go back because I know I've got a lot of friends too. My partner at work, they have six kids. His wife stays at home. They homeschool. They do a lot of work. He works every single day of his life. So it's not an issue that I'm blind to or I don't see some of the financial struggles that families go through when they do this. I'm not blind to that. Um, but I also don't want to add to any more financial burdens either, though, 
and maybe we, we save money here, but we're raising more money over here, and then it's a wash, right? Mm. So that's that's kind of the lens that I look at this from. Um, but and I know a lot of my friends that have pulled their kids out of public school is come the very issues we're talking about. There's CRT in there. There's there's all this LGBT indoctrination taking place. So again, if I can go into the schools, fight to keep that curriculum out, focus on the traditional learning models that many in the homeschools are focusing on, and we we improve our public school systems. Well, maybe some parents may feel more comfortable again with the kids going back to a public school system, where, which is the whole reason why they took some of them out in the first place. So I'd rather do that component of it and, and fight for the families and fight for our youth um, to improve our public school systems. All right, folks, uh, what we're going to do here is I've got one more uh, question. Uh, David, uh, one of our regular listens and listeners, in fact, he sends me a little bit of something almost every day. And it's always good. So what we're going to do, we're going to run this quarter a little over time, and then we will uh, then we'll have a really short fourth quarter. So the last question uh, for Mr. Justin Barry. Um, by the way, you can hear both candidates tonight in a forum at six o'clock at St. Joseph's Hall. Brought to you by the Gillespie County Young Republicans. Uh, go early, stay late, and meet these guys. So here's the uh, question. I'll just read it from David straight as he wrote it. And he's talking to me. You kind of skipped over abortion abolition. I would like to know if he would support something like Tony Tenderholt promoted in 2018 or 2019 that would have removed the protection of Roe versus Wade. It would have ignored federal interference and judicial rulings, and it would have made abortion murder like any other murder. Um, your, uh, your question on that from your answer to that from, uh, David. Yeah, no, it's a great question, David. It's definitely a question that, that really puts two, two very core principles in conflict with each other. Do you stand for the rule of law and the way our government works? Do we respect court rulings and in each other lanes, or do you just ignore, ignore things? And that's where it really comes down to. I lean on the side of things where I do believe that in the rule of law and it is to be respected. Even if I don't agree with it, we need to fight back through other means and measures like what has been going on and we've been making grounds. Um, but I do believe that abortion is murder. I do believe that it's, you know, taking the life of an innocent unborn child is, is inherently wrong. And I still can't comprehend how someone can do that. Um, but you know, I, I also have come to learn from being at different pro-life events and listening to the various speakers that have made the horrific choice to have an abortion. Some of their testimonies are some of the most impactful testimonies to other young impressionable girls and young women that are going through that. So do I believe they should be incarcerated for it? I, I don't. I don't believe they should be because, you know, when you look at the mistakes that they've made, they carry that around for the rest of their lives. I think they kind of live in their own prison uh, in their daily life to begin with. And so, no, I, I don't believe we should make it to where, you know, it's it's a crime punishable by life in prison or, or death penalty um, for that. I, I don't. Um, I, I'd rather give these platforms to those women that have royally messed up, know they've messed up, and want to make amends in life and try to prevent that horrific act to take place in the next generation of women. I'd rather let them have that platform and let them go out there and be that voice to show the harms and the mental danger that is done when you go through such a, you know, such a nightmare scenario. Absolutely, folks. We have had Justin Barry on here, candidate for HD House District 19. Justin, I failed. What's your website? Uh, my website is barryfortexas.com, all spelled out. That's B-E-R-R-Y-F-O-R-T-E-X-A-S.com. 
And my Twitter handle is at RealJustinBerry. You can go there and fact check some recent mailers yourself. All right, there you go, folks. Barry for Texas. That's Barry with an E. Um, that's like I'm, I'm assuming like a strawberry as a fo- yeah. as a force to as opposed to any other berries. All right, uh, BarryForTexas.com. Go check it out, Jace, um, Justin. It's good to have you in here today. Thank you very much for making it in. Thank you, sir. Um, again, tonight at six o'clock. Um, are you going to go early and stay late? Uh, yes, I am. All right, there's your opportunity, folks. Justin's going to be there early. We'll stay late. You get a chance to visit with him, ask him any questions. And uh, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with a very short fourth quarter. Ted bringing us in for the fourth quarter on a Friday. For crying out loud, be nice to the tourists. Are you going to be on the road this weekend? Uh, we may be on the road this weekend. Um, I want you to put uh, my wife's uh, uh, mother, my mother-in-law. Her name is Betty. Um, and if you're really into spelling, it's you got to put an E on the end of it. B-E-T-T-Y-E. Betty, Betty needs... Um, we need prayers for Betty. We need prayers for my wife, Gail, her brother, uh, Gary, um, and the family around uh, Betty Jones. Um, she's 97 years old, for crying out loud, man. And the woman, uh, I'm telling you, st- up, uh, up until two weeks ago, still driving around in Fort Worth traffic. And so, um, but uh, there have been some changes in the last week, and some stresses have been put on the families. And um, we just need a lot of prayers. There are going to be a lot of decisions going to be need to be made in the next um, uh, just really literally decisions made today, decisions made tomorrow. And if we uh, head to Fort Worth on Sunday, there'll be decisions to be made on Monday. And, and so just all kinds of, uh, of prayer going uh, that needs to go up for, the Bet- for Betty Jones and her family. Um, we need specific prayers on uh, being at peace with this, and um, as well as helping uh, wisdom in decision making. You know, these are always uh, these are tough decisions. And if your mom has uh, told you for the last sixty years, "Don't put me in an old folks' home," and then you get to a point where you know we don't use that term anymore. But then when you get to a point, there's there become no options. What do, what do you say to your mom um, when it comes to that uh, point in time? So, folks, we need prayers for Betty. We need prayers for Gary and Gail and all of those that are going to be involved in the decisions that are very likely going to be made in the next two or three or four days of um, – of the future for Betty Jones and listen, man, what an awesome woman, 97 years. You know, I heard someone a few years ago say something about, well, I don't know if I want to live to be 90, you know, and then, uh, you know, all you have to do is ask them that question again when they're 89, right? I mean, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy when you're in your thirties to say, I don't know if I want to be 90, uh, but when you're uh, 89, eh, most of us would be want to be 90 when you're 89. Keep on going. 
So, um, folks, um, lots of prayers, please. Be nice to the tourists. Pray for safety on the weekend for the tourists. Pray for safety on the road this weekend uh, for my wife and I or uh, whatever we end up needing to do. Um, and as far as uh, continuing the fight, I brought this scripture to you Wednesday. I want to bring it again, and I am in Romans 8, and let's see, 8 and 31 is where I'm at. Um what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Folks, that's what really comes down to. Are you on God's side? Are you fighting the good fight? And are you on God's side? Because God's always on your side. He's on everybody's side. Are you on his side? That's what's most important. Folks, y'all stay tuned. Be nice to the tourists. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on Monday.